the South Coast End Zone Podcast. Extended coverage of high school football from sports editor Lori Lose of the Standard Times. Now, the South Coast End Zone. Welcome back, high school football fans, to another episode of South Coast End Zone, the podcast. I'm Standard Times digital editor Brennan Curie, along with Standard Times sports editor Lori Lose Lee. How you doing, Lori? I'm doing great. I think this is our most anticipated podcast of the fall. Yes. I've heard a couple of the kids mention this when I've been at games this year. And I think you're. this is the most prepared you've been for a podcast this, is this the season. The only podcast I prepare and for all year. And this is the least prepared I am. <laughs> I'm just, I've been in the middle of a girls volleyball uh, playoff preview and, and field hockey preview the last two days. So. A lot going on this week. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've been spending the last 48 hours hunkered down yes. in my basement. <laughs> No media, no phone. I go like LeBron playoff mode in order to come up with my draft list here. So we are going to be doing the, I believe it's third annual. I think so. I think so. Third annual. Well, I didn't do it last year. We didn't do it last year. Maybe, so, maybe fourth. Maybe fourth because did we do two and I then. I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll call it the fourth annual okay. South Coast Varsity High School Football Draft. Uh, the rules are, I think, the same as they've been before. Uh, so we actually predetermined the first pick with uh, an epic game of uh, <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, it a little Rochambeau. Like four, would it go four rounds, five rounds? I think it was at least three ties, if not four ties, yeah. before we finally... And we weren't even going best of three. And I won. Lori won, so she will have the first pick. Uh, basically, the rules are you pick two quarterbacks, three running backs, two wide receivers, two defensive players, and two offensive linemen. And that constitutes your team. We'll put these teams up on uh, Twitter, probably on a poll on our website as well, and uh, give some people a chance to vote. And we'll see, uh, you know, who thinks who came out with the stronger team in the view of the public. Uh, so, like I said, Lori has the first pick. She can go whatever position she wants. We can pick the positions whenever we want to. Um, we did decide that uh, players are eligible in multiple <laughs> positions, so you can take them as a defensive player or as yes. an offensive player. Yeah. Kind of where you see needed. Exactly. Yeah, where you yep. need to fill a spot there. So, So yeah, I mean, right. without further ado, drum roll here. You know, I, I didn't expect to get the first pick, um, but I've been uh, blessed with the first pick. And uh, it's a tough choice. There's a lot of really talented athletes. Um, but just on on the athleticism, on the, dan- I guess, dangerousness, the, the threat every time he has the ball in his hands, I am going to go with... New Bedford High senior Nigel Palmer. All right, I thought I thought you might go there. You know, I was torn between him and uh, some of the outstanding quarterbacks that we have in the area, but I, I know you know, you always kind of want to go with a running back, especially when there's you know a stud like that, um, mm-hmm. you know, out there. So Nigel Palmer uh, with the number one pick in the 2019 uh, Sierra Times High School Football Draft. Yes, and he is the area leader in touchdowns. Yep, so 13 this, this year. So uh, he's he's proven it uh, statistically, yes, uh, as well as through the eye test. So uh, so we're doing a snake draft. So uh, I'm going to have the uh, second and third overall picks. Uh, so uh, to wrap up the first round here, <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, I'm going to. I think I feel like there's two top quarterbacks, and I don't want to miss out on one of them. And I feel like you might go with one when you come around here. So I got to take a quarterback, and uh, I'm going to go with uh, the guy who hands the ball off to Nigel Palmer. <laughs> quite a bit good pick Great Ethan pick. Medeiros of New Bedford uh he had a couple of really strong weeks uh, not this past week but the two weeks previous through seven touchdown passes and uh 
you know, he, he may not be the best pure passer in the area, but his combination of running skill, his ability to lead a team, and the way the whole team has kind of taken on his attitude and followed his leadership, I think is really important. So uh, he's going to help out my clubhouse, and he's going to help me in the win column. So Ethan Medeiros is my uh, first-round pick. Great choice, Brennan. He, w- he was the one I was thinking about when I was picking when I went with Nigel. It was between those two guys, so great All pick. All right, and then... Uh, <coughs> I'm going to go with, uh, I think running back is fairly deep. So I'm going to go with a wide receiver here. I think there's one guy who kind of stands uh, head and shoulders to me as a top wide receiver in the area. And uh, so we're going to go three whalers here in the first three picks. I'm going to go Shahid Barros. Ah, man, really? Uh, at wide receiver. I <laughs> uh, also considered pick- him as my top defensive guy. I was about to say, what um, does he have, seven interceptions or something ridiculous? I know, but I just feel like he's the guy I want to throw the ball to the most in this whole area. Uh, so Shahid Barros, uh, great hands. I know he had one drop last week, but usually really sure hands. Just an amazing ability to avoid tackles. He's very for his size and his strength. He's surprisingly shifty and uh, can just accelerate on a dime there. And I know he hasn't even been fully healthy this year, and he's still been pretty dominant. So Shahid Barros, uh, the first pick of the second round, and my second pick. All right, and um, the my the first pick, I guess, of the second round. Well, second pick of the second, second round. Pick, second, yeah. second pick, yeah. Second Your pick second, of the second pick round. overall. Yeah, you know, it's a confusing when you only have two people. Yeah, no, the rounds are, <laughs> we might as well just it's get quick. rid of rounds here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am actually going to go um, with the other outstanding uh, head and shoulders above everybody else quarterback in the area. Uh, I think he's really proven himself from week one where he came out and made a huge statement for Vogue Tech. Um, I'm going to pick Ethan Almeida. Uh, this kid has thrown nine touchdown passes this year, and he's also uh, scored seven other touchdowns on the ground. Um, he helped Vogue Tech the last two weeks uh, beat Dighton Hoboth and, uh, and Case, previously undefeated Case, to, to help the Bears punch a playoff ticket. Um, you know, from talking to Coach Cruz, I mean, he sounds like he's a great leader for this team. And, uh, I mean, he's getting the job done. So I'm picking Ethan Almeida. Absolutely. I haven't even seen him play this year, but he was number two in the uh, quarterbacks yes. on my uh, draft board here. All right. So who's your the first pick oh. of the third round Oh, now. here we go. I'm right already, back to I'm, Lori. I'm right back to me. I'm all, these two, you have to pick them quick. Um, let's see. I am going to go with – I have uh, one quarterback, one running back. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of, it's kind of tough here because I really wanted Shahid, um, so I'm a little thrown off. So you could take him as your top defensive guy still, but yeah, but well, because oh, so, so he could be taken both ways. That's, isn't that what we just said? Decided? Oh, okay. I or thought, did we decide I thought, we weren't doing that? Oh, I thought we we could take them as either pa- one. We're going to pause for a rules analysis okay. here. Check the rule book. Okay, I'm so, I'm happy to go either way. So you could take him. Tw- he could be taken by two different people then. Or or we don't. It's up to you. What do you think? Maybe it is cleaner if we just go one one person. That's what I was thinking. Okay. That's right. what I was originally thinking. All right. So reverse everything I said earlier on this podcast. <laughs> right. uh, each player can only be selected once. All right. So um, with that in mind, I am actually going to go with... Gosh, then I really might have waited for him on defense. I was thinking, I okay. But nope, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with somebody who's impressed me. I've seen him a couple times this year. Uh, can kind of do a little bit of everything. Uh, for his team, uh, he's scored so far 10 touchdowns, uh, four two-point conversions. Uh, his team is in the playoffs. I'm going to go with Cam Brzezinski from Old Rochester. This kid can, uh, you know, run where, the, where run you with the ball. Where are you putting him position-wise? Um, I guess. 
I mean, you said you never saw him as a receiver, but I've seen him a few Well, times. I saw him catch some passes, but I felt like, I mean, a tight end counts, I think, in this as a wide receiver, but he also yeah. run some routes out of the backfield. You know, from that I was thinking of or... him as a, as a, as a receiver. Okay, um, nice. So that's where I'm putting Cam. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with him, uh, with having uh, Ethan Almeida throw to him. All right. So we have uh, two wide receivers off the board already. Yeah. All right. That's too bad because he was he was one of my top defensive picks too. <laughs> so actually, my top two two of my top three defensive guys are now off the board as offensive players. All right, so it's back to me for the second pick of the third round, and I have a quarterback and a wide receiver already, so I got to uh, at least get one running back here. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Poniquitz, Kevin Hughes. Good pick. Having a really nice season. Um, about I think about 150 yards away from a thousand yep. uh, yards. Just about. Uh, I saw him have a really impressive uh, season debut against Middleborough. Uh, he's a little bit of an of an upright runner, but uh, he's still pretty elusive. He's got loose hips and uh, just ha- kind of has that ability to not go down at first contact. Yeah, I was about to say that was one thing that impressed first me. Contact. The first guy almost never brings him down. Yeah, it takes a couple guys, and you know it seems like he breaks a lot of tackles too. I mean that that's that's a great pick, and he's having a great great season for Poniquet. Um, who's and there I in the playoffs? I believe he's the first uh, non-senior off the board too. First junior. Yep. Yep. Off the board here. So all right. So then it's back to me to uh, open up the fourth round, and uh, I kind of had my defensive guys. I felt like there were three guys that I kind of had in the top tier. So I'm gonna since there's only one left there, I'm gonna start get, grab my first defensive player, uh, and I'm gonna go uh, over to Mattapoisett and mm-hmm. grab Dylan DeWolf. Great Linebacker pick. for great the Bulldogs. Uh, great defensive season. Plays a little bit on offense. Uh, does a lot of blocking as a fullback. He gets a handful of carries each game. But uh, really his work at linebacker. I know last year when I was deciding the defensive player of the year for the whole area, it ended up going to his teammate, Des Dias. But uh, Dylan DeWolf was right there in the conversation. And uh, it was really kind of hard to pick between the two. Uh, so, yeah, Dylan DeWolf uh, is my top defensive player. All right. So we're so heading back cho- to Lori to, to wrap up the fourth round here. Great choice there. Um, so uh, so I have, so far I have one quarterback, I have one running back, and one uh, wide receiver. So I'm going to kind of follow a little bit about what Brennan's saying here because I know we're, we're pretty deep um, in running backs, so I, I feel like there's still going to be some good choices there. Um, so I'm actually going to go uh, with one of my top defensive players. I might as well do that because um, – you know, this guy, I've seen him um, multiple times. He's a beast out there. Uh, his team is not having the best season, per se, um, but he's definitely a standout. Uh, Max Ferrer mm-hmm. for Dartmouth. Um, this kid makes huge plays, um, tons of sacks on the year, tons of tackles for losses, just comes up with huge plays um, for that for a Dartmouth defense that has struggled this year. Mm. You know, he's been somebody that's really, you know, in the face of the quarterback yeah. in every – pretty much in every play. He's really the anchor of that defense. Yeah, I mean, so. he's he's awesome out there. So I'm going to pick and him. another two-way player, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, he's a you know, good wide receiver. Tight end, I guess they play him out more than, more than wide out. But yep. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Um, we, we actually each have one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and one defensive player through four rounds now. And you know what? I'm going to actually do something that maybe people wouldn't agree with, with all these skilled players out there, but I'm going to pick a lineman. Go for it. Absolutely. Because you know what? You I, need a line, right? It starts think, the trenches. I mean, obviously it's hard to judge, you know, because you're not in the trenches with these guys, but I mean, hands down, somebody that I think has proven himself over the years and his team has had success this year. Tyreek Williams. Uh, he was my number one. He's my he's number one lineman, and he's he's yeah. going to be right there opening up holes for my guys and pass protection, and um, so I'm going with Tyreek Williams. 
Yeah, probably the best combination of yes. size, speed, and power. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's like for his size, he's just incredibly quick. Yes, no. You expect the power, I guess, but the quickness is what really stands yeah. out. Um, and obviously, we've seen him a lot uh, on the wrestling. The wrestling, now. yeah. I was about too. to say that definitely has to play into to his athleticism in football, you know, kind of tran- transcending over. Absolutely. All right. He, he was also on my defensive list, too. He was I had him on my two. defensive yeah. list, too. <laughs> All right. So, uh,. So I'm gonna. So now, uh, what are we? We're the second pick of the fifth round. Yep. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill out my quarterbacks here. Nice. Because uh, I feel like the 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 next guy there there might be is kind of on a tier of his own, maybe in between a couple of tiers for me. Uh, so that's Old Rochester's Ryan Thomas. He uh, doesn't throw the ball a ton, but he's very efficient when he does throw the ball, uh, other than the Aponiquit game, I believe, is maybe yep. the one blip there. Uh, he's kind of always guaranteed uh, one touchdown a game. And what I like is that he doesn't have, like, one guy he's always going to. They, you took Brzezinski already, but they have a couple different yep. guys, Tommy DeRocher. Um, I'm blanking on another wide receiver uh, for them who's, who's had a few catches uh, throughout the year. But anyway... Um, Finds different receivers at different times for touchdowns, and uh, also can run the ball. You know, runs a nice option, reads uh, the defense well, kind of when he's running that option, uh, and you know, just also the best field goal kicker. Yep. Uh, in the area, <laughs> the, well, the only field goal kicker, but probably the yes. best overall kicker in the area. So Ryan Thomas, I will take as a second pick of the fifth round, and that fills out my. Uh, so I have Ethan Medeiros and Ryan Thomas as my two quarterbacks, and. Uh, so I should also start probably filling out my line here. Uh, so I'm going to go back back to New Bedford. The same line there. You took Tyreek <laughs> off of. Yep. And uh, I'm going to take Eric Dozenberg on yep. the other side of the line there for the Whalers. Uh, big, strong kid. Uh, seems to always make the right block. Uh, doesn't seem to get beat too often. And uh, just a solid guy and also another good uh, kind of team captain leadership guy. I think the team uh, follows him a lot too. So Eric Dozenberg as my uh, first offensive lineman and the first pick of the sixth round. So uh, back to Lori here. All right. Um, I'm going to go. Oh, this is tough, 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 tough. Uh, I'm going to go um, with. A, oh, God. All right. I'm going to go with a big playmaker um, on a you know team that I think it surprised a lot of people this year. Um, you know, and, and he's a track kid. Um, he's got the speed. He's got the athleticism. Um, I'm going with Sheldon Clark yeah, at Vogue Tech. Um, you know, I think he's going to have a little bit of chemistry uh, with Ethan Almeida, um, which they've already connected quite a few times this year. Um, and I just see him out there, you know, um, catching short passes, you know, t- making big big gains or, you know, kind of streaking down the field and catching uh, some deep bombs. So he's going to fill up my uh, wide receivers there. Yeah, definitely. If not the fastest, among yes. the handful of fastest kids in the whole area. So, uh, so that gets me down. So I'm all done with my wide receivers. Um, I think uh, at this point. So you're looking for one quarterback, one two quarterback, running backs, two running backs, a uh, defensive defense, and alignment. Yeah, left. defensive and alignment. Um, and I am going to go with. Uh, it's kind of tricky. Um, you know what? They've had a lot of success this year, and I'm going to go with them. Um, He's one a player that stood out for me um, for Old Rochester on the line, Jonathan Basari. 
He was my number uh, um, three offensive lineman on my draft I, board. I'm gonna Top go available. With, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him um, to fill out my line because I feel like you know there's still a good amount of running backs left. Um, you know, and you're already done with your quarterback, so I can pretty yeah, much yeah. You can wait there. I can wait there. So uh, so I'm gonna pick uh, Jonathan Basari. Nice. Now I actually had the same situation going on with wide receiver. I don't really have any pressure. Yep. To pick a wide receiver because if you hadn't picked another one, I might have gone wide receiver next. Um, yeah. Sheldon was actually third on my draft board, second best available left. So yeah, I'll, I'll, it was I'll, between it was between him and Eric Vieira. I'm a, I'm, a, that I'm a huge Eric Vieira fan. Preview with my last pick, yes. I'll be taking <laughs> Eric. <laughs> only be, and he would be a last pick guy, but only because I don't really need to fill that wide receiver position. Yes. Um, but I do still have two open running back positions, so I'm going to go there, and uh, I'm going to go right back to Matapoiset where you just were. And uh, he's not the biggest guy in the area, but he's shifty. He's small. He, he really follows his blocks well, and he's very yes. patient when he runs. And that's Jackson Cody of yep. the Bulldogs. Uh, kind of a sleeper there because it seems like every week he's 130, 150 yards, a touchdown or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think has yet to win our football player of the week. Yeah, and he, uh, and he should have. A couple, times, at least once, yeah. if not twice. He definitely should have. Uh, so I'm going to make Jackson Cody my uh, number two running back. Nice. Great pick. All right. And then uh, I'm going to fill out my defense here, since you also filled out your offensive line, so yes. I don't need to worry about that as much. Uh, so I am going to go uh, back to New Bedford okay. here and pick a guy who I think is uh, definitely in the top handful of most improved players in the mm-hmm. whole area, and that's David Abolarinwa, yes. uh, linebacker for the Whalers, uh, who was, you know, he wasn't a starter, or maybe he was a little bit of a starter last year, but he, he's really making an impact this year, making a ton of plays, getting to the backfield sometimes. Uh, this last week they actually used him as a, as a receiver uh, a little bit more as a tight end, uh, threw some passes to him in the flat. Uh, but just a guy who really impresses with his strength and speed, and I'm excited to see what he can do on the basketball court this winter too if he's uh, still playing. So David Abolarinwa of the Whalers is my uh, number two defensive player. All right, it's back to me. I'm down to one. I need one quarterback, two running backs, and one defensive player. I'm gonna wait on the quarterbacks because I I can pick that last. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go to pick a running back next. Um, I saw this guy once during the season. Um, he's not on, let's say, the the best team, um, but he definitely is a playmaker when he has the ball in his hands. And he's proven that. Um, I know he's had a little bit of a stretch where he hasn't found the end zone recently just because, you know, some tough competition. And I'm but, sure teams are scheming for yes. him. If you're picking uh, who I think you're picking. Yes. Uh, Gilly got yep. Jallo from uh, Wareham. I mean, this kid, you can just, you can kind of tell when somebody's got that, you know, that talent or just that. That it factor. Yeah, yeah that it. And um, and he's got it. You know, I mean, he, he just, you know, it, it's hard to stop him uh, once he gets in the open field. I mean, he's fast. Um, and you know, once he gets to the outside and, uh, I think he'll be a big playmaker, um, but just having him and Nigel in my backfield, uh, I'm pretty excited about that. So, uh, so I am picking Gilly, uh, Jallo. He was, from uh, he was fifth on my draft board to start with and second best available right now yep. in my running back category. So, uh, and then, um, I think at this point I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with another running back. I Makes might sense. as, I might as well fill it out. Um, it's kind of a toss up at this point. I feel like, um, there's a couple couple guys left um, that are in my my top here, um, but I'm gonna 
I'm going to go with Blake Dennison from Old Colony. Oh, all right. Um, you know, he's come on strong. I mean, I know he's had a strong season overall, but, you know, five touchdowns in one game, uh, you know, I that's mean, that's tough to do. That's tough to do. Tied the school record. Yeah. And just uh, having a great season um, for a great Old Colony uh, team that they're kind of making history this year. Um, and hopefully they can keep it going in the playoffs. So um, I filled out my. Uh, my running backs there. Yeah, so you have Nigel Palmer, Gilly Hollow, and Hollow. Yep. Jollo, yeah. Hello. And uh, Blake Dennison. Yep. Of Old Colony for your uh, running backs. All right. So back to me. I am in need of a running back, a wide receiver, and an offensive lineman. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, my last running back spot. Um, Blake was was up there on my list uh, as well as his teammate Tom Stanton. But uh, I'm actually going to go to a guy that uh, you talked up early in the season, and I was a little questioning <laughs> of him. And then I saw him in person, and uh, him along with the Bowler Inwar in my uh, most and improved I player I just conversation. I completely forgot about Dylan. Oh, <laughs> all right. I, th- I thought that's who you were going to take. <laughs> no, so I was going to. I, I, I was like, oh, she's going to take Dylan. I forgot that's to put guy. him on my list. So Dylan Sorry, Pacheco Dylan. of the Indians. Uh, you know, really hits the hole a lot quicker yep. this year. Uh, seems like he's a little quicker and a little more elusive this year. And, you know, really for a Dartmouth team that, that struggled this season has really carried them a lot of times offensively yep. and is a really important and also plays on both sides of the ball and is a key safety for them as well. So my third running back behind uh, Kevin Hughes and Jackson Cody is Dylan Pacheco. And I... Uh, He's also kind of like my, my tough guy, right? You know, yeah. you know, Kevin's kind of the slippery guy. Jackson's kind of the small jitterbug guy. And, and Dylan's probably kind of my power back here a little bit. And then uh, so my next pick, uh, I'm going to go. We'll go Eric Vieira of Dartmouth. We will make him the last pick in the end. So Great, um, great he choice. Was, he was my number two wide receiver at the beginning on my uh, draft board here. Um, some, uh, some other really worthy candidates here. Uh, we'll go through some honorable mentions afterwards. Uh, but just comes up with uh, key catches. I mean, you saw him make the game-winning catch mm-hmm. against Durfee. And it uh, just seems like every game, uh, you know, that's who uh, Nolan else is looking for. And he's able to get open and, and make the grabs. Yep. And he's got that leadership, too, going with, uh, with being a senior on that team. So, Absolutely. All, all right. Back to me. So I, um, I'm, I got two picks left, um, defensive and quarterback. So I'm going to go with my defensive guy now. Um, and uh, this guy, I mean, he could have been a running back. Um, his team hasn't had the best season, um, but I've seen him play a few times, and he's always making big plays on both sides of the ball, whether it's forcing a fumble, recovering a fumble, um, getting an interception, having a tackle for a loss. I don't know. He's in every single big play um, that there is on, on the field at Fairhaven High. And uh, I'm going with Owen Sabula. Um, this kid is a, a leader out there um, and just somebody that I want to have in my locker room. And uh, I know he'll be a force on defense. Um, so with my last pick, I need a, a quarterback. Um, and this kid um, impressed me last week uh, at the game I was at, the Dartmouth Stang game. And uh, it's Andrew uh, DiGiamo. DiGiamo. Yeah, yeah. and uh, this kid um, came out there and, you know, Stang was down, and he led them down that field. You know, uh, I forget how many plays it was, 13, I think it was 13 13, play. Yeah, Yeah, like a 70-something yard drive and uh, came (sighs) up with a huge fourth down throw and then uh, the winning touchdown throw with just a few seconds left. And, you know, his stats aren't. Hugh, you know, they're not like eye popping stats, but uh, it seems like he's really kind of come into his own uh, his first year at quarterback. And, uh, you know, he's confident out there and he's passionate, too. So uh, so he's going to be my uh, my backup uh, to, to Ethan Almeida. 
Nice, Andrew Giamo. Yeah, yep. another good leadership yes. spot too, and really a hardworking kid. Yeah, um, I know he was also uh, you know kind of kept a lot of the kids yes. working through the off season too for Stang. So really kind of yeah, you know, he got sure. them. He got them in the locker room. I think in like December or something. Yeah, in the yeah. weight room. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, weight yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Nice pick. It's a good looking team you got there. So the very right. last pick. Yeah. Um, we won't call Mr. Irrelevant because uh, <laughs> there's a lot more worthy kids here uh, that we could have picked. I have one more offensive line spot, and uh, I'm going to go with uh, Brandon McKinnon nice. of Aponiquit. Uh, big, strong kid. Um, puts in a lot of work in the offseason. Uh, I just remember watching in the Aponiquit OR game, him and John Bersari kind of going yeah. back and forth because they you know, play on both sides of the line. And it was just a really cool battle to watch those two really big kids <laughs> just go at it all day. So Brandon McKinnon will be uh, my last pick here and fill out my offensive line. So uh, did you have anyone uh, kind of honorable mention, guys, that were really on the cusp there but didn't quite get picked? Um, I mean, Nolan Ellis has stood out to me this year. I know yep. they haven't had, I had him a, as the number five quarterback. Yeah. yeah, they haven't had a great season. Obviously, you mentioned Thomas Stanton, um, mm-hmm. 10 touchdowns for O'Connell. You can't ignore that. One um, of the best goal line guys in the area. Yeah, yeah um, he kind of really, really leads them out there. Uh, let me see who else. I had uh, Logan Briarly. Bishop Stang, uh, lineman. Sorry, lineman. Yep. yep. Um, let me see who else I had. It looks like most of the guys I had. I kind of went short on my. Uh, my yeah, list I mean, here. you only that's need why, to be about four why or five. I, I completely forgot about Dylan, which I've been talking him up all season you since have. like week one. I completely I snuck forgot. in there and grabbed uh, him out from under. You. Another one I haven't seen him play, but I've heard a lot of great things. Um, Abdul uh, Vargas. He, yep, he was New my next. Yep. Um, wide receiver would, spot. He, he would definitely be one. And Heiser, uh, Cacho, Ka- yep. yeah, Cacho from uh, running backs from from Rogue Deck. Um, he's come up huge. And another one we forgot from Stang, um, Frankie. Uh, he's right here. He's on my yeah. honorable mention list here. Yep, and Figueroa. Yeah, both of those yeah, guys. Both of them. Um, so I don't yeah, know. You've who mentioned else you had. most of my yeah. So I had, uh, Nolan Ellis was my next quarterback. Um, Abdul Vargas was my next wide receiver. <coughs> Excuse me. I had uh, Mike Hendrickson. Yep. Uh, for Aponiquit, uh right behind him, and then Justin Hankins. Okay. From Bishop Stang. Uh, running backs, um, I had Stanton, Cacho, uh, Frankie Hernandez, Man, and Figueroa as my next four guys there that weren't picked uh, for running backs. Although a couple of guys, like I had Owen Sabula in there, yep. who picked him as a defensive player. Yep. Um, Cam I even had in there as a possibility. Yeah, running back, he plays a little more fullback, but still, you know, we're kind of backfield here. Um, defensive players, I had a couple we didn't mention yet. Uh, Cole Dixon mm-hmm. from Pontiquick, a really solid linebacker, seems to get to every tackle. Yep. And then uh, O'Shawn Brooks uh, has played some really nice safety mm-hmm. for the Whalers this year. He was a transfer from Durfee. Uh, there was some talk of him being in the quarterback conversation before the year, but he's turned out to be a really key safety for them. And uh, come up with a couple of interceptions as well, at least one interception, if not a couple. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. I got this cough coming up here. Yeah, Brennan, Brennan's going to be sick for the next, like, nine months. So oh, just watch God. out if you see him. He's going to have a cough. Yeah, at least I haven't lost my voice yet this fall. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was last fall. So, so let's run through our, uh, our teams here. All right, you have them all written down. All I right. Just, so just... Lori's team at quarterback. We have Ethan Almeida of Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech and Andrew DiGiamo of Bishop Stang. At running back, we have Nigel Palmer of New Bedford, Gilly Hollow of Wareham, and Blake Dennison of Old Colony. At wide receiver, she has Cam Brzezinski of Old Rochester and Sheldon Clark at Voketech. That's a nice combination there. You got some size there and some speed. I like that. Uh, What were you going to say? Sorry. No, I was going to say, did I get one from every team? Oh, gosh. You... Aponiquit, actually, is the one that you don't have anyone from. Okay. So everybody but one team. Wow. Aponiquit. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yep. Um, so then uh, defense, you have Max Farah from Dartmouth and yep. Owen Sabula from Fairhaven. 
And at offensive line, you have Tyreek Williams from New Bedford and John Bersari from Old Rochester. <coughs> All right, so for my team, I believe every single one of my players is in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I only that, went with that, playoff that, teams. Was that how you got I want it, winners, right? you know? I want winners. <laughs> uh, so at quarterback, I have Ethan Medeiros from New Bedford and Ryan Thomas from Old Rochester. At running back, I have Kevin Hughes from Oponiquit, Jackson Cody from Old Rochester, and Dylan Pacheco from Dartmouth. Oh, they're not in the playoffs. Oh, that's you true. Go. You're right. I have one, yeah. one non-playoff player. Good point. Actually, I have two then because I have a second Dartmouth player. You're right. Uh, so a wide receiver, I have Shahid Barros from New Bedford and Eric Vieira from Dartmouth. Uh, on defense, I have Dylan DeWolf from Old Rochester and David Ebola-Rinwa from New Bedford. And on the line, I have Eric Dozenberg from New Bedford and Brandon McKinnon from Oponiquit. And uh, like we said, there's a million more talented and yeah. awesome high school football players in this area. Uh, so if you're an underclassman, you didn't get picked, put this up on your uh, you know, on the <laughs> locker room wall. Use it as motivation in the offseason. And uh, if you did get picked, don't let it go to your head and keep playing hard this week. Uh, so let's, let's quickly go through uh, this week's games. We are entering the playoffs. We've wrapped up the regular season, and we're heading into the first round of the MIA playoffs. We had five teams yes. out of the nine that we cover make the tournament. And uh, the first one's going to be playing uh, Friday night at 7 o'clock. Greater New Bedford, Vogue Tech, uh, in the playoffs for the first time in four years, I believe it is, since 2015. Yeah, I think so. Yep, is going to be playing at Rockland. Uh, great story there. Justin Cruz and the Bears got off that hot start. Yep. Kind of pumped the brakes a little yep. bit with a couple of bad losses. And then they had kind of a good loss, I guess you'd call it, to a Poniquit that kind of showed they and were on they the had way a, back. They had a bye. And then, and then coming out of the bye, they really shocked us with that win over Dighton Rehoboth. Yep. And then they shocked us even more with the win over Case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're playing really good ball right now. And uh, Rockland better be a little worried here. Yeah, and Rockland's undefeated on the season. I think they're seven and zero is what we had looked up. I haven't, I haven't done too much research because uh, we had you know, Bill Abramson Bill write Abramson a little preview already, did, yeah, and uh, so, Buddy Thomas went through a lot of stuff too. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it's gonna. I know they're gonna be up for this game. I mean, you know, it's huge for them to be able to make the playoffs, especially with that tough stretch in the middle of the season where mm. you know. You know, at that point, it was. It kinda, seemed like the wheels could have yeah, come off, and they didn't. didn't That's no, key. No, yeah, and um, you know, these kids are going to be up for this game. I, I know, you know, they have. I don't think they've played too many Friday night night games, so that'll be exciting as well. Um, and Rockland, we were, I think, we were looking at it. it's only a little bit over an hour away. So, um, you know, if you don't have anything to do Friday night, head up there and and go support yeah. them. I'm sure several local sports fans like I am are used to uh, heading up there for some baseball. Yeah. Every year, they always seem to be hosting a uh, South Sectional at uh, Rockland. Uh, nice, nice field up there yeah. too. All right, so we'll keep with the playoff games here. Uh, so New Bedford at Wellesley at 2 o'clock. Uh, unfortunately, the Whalers were in a spot for home field advantage in the first round. Mm-hmm. They still would have played Wellesley, uh, but that loss in uh, Weeks 8 to Brockton ended up dropping them to the number 5. So they're going to be visiting Wellesley. Um, from what I kind of heard, the, the word was this was a team that they were kind of happy to get. Yeah. Um, when looking at the different teams there in Division 2, uh, Wellesley was, was one of the better matchups for them. Yeah, uh, and I mean, even even though they have that loss to Brockton, they're coming off of. I mean, you can't deny the season that they've had, and just and uh, Brockton's and, the number three team in Division One, so yeah. like that's as quality a loss. Yes. and it was a seven point loss that they were leading the game. Yeah, so, so. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not as bad of a loss as as it. You know what I mean? Like you you lose to Brockton. Yeah, not yeah. some of those ones that they had yeah. at the beginning of last year, where you're like, oh, they really should have won that game. Yeah. Losing to Taunton or yeah, you know that so. three nothing to Barnstable and stuff like that. So you know this one was one where it was, it was a hard fought game between two really good teams. Brockton kind of got one more play. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So at the same time there, 2 o'clock on Saturday, we have a little rematch here. Uh, Upper Cape is visiting number two seed, Old Colony. Yep. Uh, they also were undefeated going the last week of the regular season. And uh, they got nipped by one point by South Shore, which then yes. won the oh. conference uh, Mayflower uh, Small Championship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and those kids are going to come back hungry this week. I know You know they really wanted it in that game, especially to come up so short yeah. just by one point. I mean, uh, you know, hopefully they're not, you know, um, killing themselves too much over that, you know, kind of saying, oh, what could we have done differently? But now, you know, take that as motivation for the tournament. I mean, and Upper Cape's going to have some motivation too. Yeah, they, they, they were beating Old Colony 16 nothing at halftime. And then Old Colony came back, yeah. Old Colony, uh, Brandon Mendy said he was pretty quiet at halftime, let the players kind of do their thing, you know, talk amongst yourselves, yes. if you will. And uh, they figured out the solution and they came out and scored 23 unanswered in the second half. Yeah. And uh, I believe this is also the last season for, and I'm blanking on his name right now, the Upper Cape coach, who's I think one of the all-time winningest coaches in state history and is uh, yeah, hanging no. up after the season. So that may uh, be a little extra motivation for them too, you know, kind of win one for the Gipper style. Yeah. And the last of uh, the playoff games that we have is our local-on-local matchup. Yes. Uh, Poniquit uh, rematch at Old, well, this, it'll be at Old Rogers this time. They played earlier this season at Aponiquit. The Lakers won 14-0. That seemed to wake something up in the Bulldogs this year. And uh, Aponiquit hasn't quite been as strong ever since then, although they really bounced back last week. Yeah, I mean, old Rochester, you know, when they they lost to Aponiquit, I think after that loss, um, you know, I think the team kind of just took stock and said, you know, what can we do at this point? You know, we have the one uh, conference loss. What can we do? We can't worry about that anymore. We just have to focus on ourselves, you know, and just go out there and get the job done and see where the chips fall. And and they went out, you know, they won, what was it, their next, what is it, four straight um, to finish, or was it five straight? Five straight. Five straight. Yeah, Yeah, five straight. And, uh, you know, they ended up getting a share of the conference title. They were basically the ones to get the share Mm -hmm. first, and then it came down to Aponiquit and Somerset Berkeley. So they kind of... You know, they just they kept going, and uh, I know after that loss, they said they thought to themselves, "We might be able to, we might face a Poniquit again, mm. and when we do, we're gonna play. You know, yeah. we're we're gonna be ready." So I think as much as a Poniquit probably had that game against OR circled the first matchup of the season, <laughs> I think this matchup has kind of, even though it just you know we just found out about it this weekend, I feel like it's been circled, you know, in the back of the minds of yeah. uh, ORs players. So so they'll be ready and. You know, Poniquit came out and made a big statement last week against Bourne and just really... Getting back on track there, getting yeah, the offense going yeah, again. Let's, yeah, let's let's go out here and let's just, you know, write, write the ship. You know what I mean? Going into the, the, the playoffs, let's write the ship. So this is going to be a really exciting game. I'm actually going to be at it, so I'm pretty thrilled about uh, yeah. getting to see these two rivals kind of go head-to-head with, uh, you know, playoff, playoff uh, playoffs on the line, so... Yeah, it seems like the Bulldogs' offense, you know, especially the passing game, yes. is, is a little better off than it was against Aponiquit the first time around when they, they struggled to move the ball yeah. against a pretty stout Lakers defense. And then uh, quickly, I'll just run through them. Uh, the non-playoff games this week are all going to be on Friday. There's a Wareham at Avon Holbrook, Dartmouth at Sandwich, Bishop Stang at Durfee, and Bristol Plymouth at Fairhaven is the only uh, home yeah, non-playoff local. game yeah. this weekend. And, uh, yeah, we're excited for this slate. Uh, I believe on Saturday I'll be at the New Bedford game, or you'll be at the Aponiquit ORR game. And uh, on Friday night we'll actually be doing a little volleyball coverage, yeah. some playoff volleyball. We'll both be at volleyball games. Yeah, so. some big volleyball matchups with uh, some local teams going head-to-head. So, 
All right. Well, thanks for joining me for the draft, Laura. You got a pretty imposing team there. Oh, I don't know. We'll have to let the fans vote. Exactly. We'll put these up uh, for vote and uh, let the the public decide. As always, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts on uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm going to say that now. That's no longer iTunes. Oh, yeah. I changed the name. Uh, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can read all of our work in the Standard Times and on SouthCoastToday.com and follow along on Twitter at SC underscore Varsity.